everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hidden Rebels podcast. I'm your host, Christina Marie Leonard, and today I have actress and comedian Erin McShane on the show. Hi. Thanks for coming back. I am really excited to be able to come back um, because after after I saw the movie, you were the first person that I wanted to talk <laughs> to about it with because my boyfriend was... He had his opinions. I had my opinions, but because we had already like done the show together, I was like, "Oh my god, we have to talk about it together." Because I saw on Facebook that you had posted that you had some issues with it. Mm-hmm. I had some issues with it, and I just needed to, I needed to discuss. <laughs> oh my god! Well, that's what this is for. I mean, like for the first, like I guess I've been doing this for like a year and a half, and maybe maybe longer. For at first, it was like. To discuss theories. I feel like this podcast has gone from, like, to discuss theories once The Force Awakens came out. And then after some time had passed, it was, like, to discuss your opinions of Rogue One. And then it was, like, just more, like, to discuss, like, experiences in Star Wars. And now it's just, like, a full-on therapy session. <laughs> you know? It's now, like, the last Jedi therapy session. That's yeah. what it's become. That's really, that's probably really accurate. Um, but I had also seen, you know, a lot of, of people's reviews, like spoiler free reviews and with full on spoilers. And I actually had stumbled upon, um, some spoilers before I went to the movie. Um, I didn't think they were real because they seemed so out of character for Star Wars films. Uh And I was like, I don't believe any of this. I think that somebody's just trying to get, um, you know, get hits from, you know, clickbait. So, because I was just trying to read what critics had said and what, like, early viewers had said. Because I went to the 7.30 p.m. Thursday showing. Yeah. I was, like, I went to an 8 o'clock Thursday. Yeah. Right. Totally. We don't want to get this shit ruined for us. No. Not only that, but I need to know. Like, Uh I I need to know, you know. So, I was, um, so I can, I can start by saying, like, you like my breath? (laughs) Um, well, I know you've been waiting. I've been waiting so and long. And I've, like, refused to talk about this and left it here. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I will say that I did enjoy the movie. As a movie, I really enjoyed it. There were elements that I really enjoyed. And, of course, these are obviously just my absolute opinions. But, um, and and it's okay to not agree with my opinions. Um, as a movie, my, like, my... My overview, my my spoiler free review of of um, the Last Jedi is, you know, it's fun, it's action packed, it's a good Star Wars film, but it leaves it leaves us lacking. It la- leaves something in the story department lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it was about thirty five minutes too long, even though in the movie I didn't feel like it was long. Like after it was all over. I didn't feel like that, but I did, I do believe I checked my phone to see what time it was during, well, during the casino scene. Yep. Um, and, uh, I still was like, oh, okay, this movie is moving fair along fairly well. And now like, <laughs> you getting... shouldn't be doing that with Star Wars. Right, exactly. Because I didn't do it. I didn't do it at all in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I don't, well, I didn't have a phone when... You know, I had seen the prequels and, right. you know, I didn't do that in those either, uh, even with clunky dialogue. But anyway, getting back to my point, I, I, I did enjoy it, but I did think that 
the casino scene was wasted time. And I thought that the, that the character Benicio del Toro played was just a throwaway waste of a character. And I felt like his choices in that character, the stutter that he had, I felt like that was more distracting than enhancing. And I have no problems with people with stutters. We know people with stutters. I have, you know, gosh, I sound like I'm like making excuses now, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I just felt like that particular choice didn't add anything to the character, especially with how he was presented in the in mm-hmm. the first place. So um, I had a problem with that. And that kind of rolls because I'm like sticking to the casino part. It brings me to something that I read on the internet. Um, and it said basically, if you hate the casino scene then you hate Rose. You hate the character of Rose. Because, right, I see, your face is like, what? (laughs) Um, So, I did like the character of Rose. I liked that they introduced a realistic representation of just a woman who is working in the rebellion, is, well, working in the resistance, working um, to, you know, for a better life, She's not, you know, the object of any sexual attraction from anybody else. Until she, Finn. Until Finn. But mm-hmm. even Finn doesn't even know it yeah. until she presents it. I feel like it. I didn't like that. I feel like if, well, we'll get to that. Right. Because yeah. that's in there. T- that's in this article yeah. as well. So not that I didn't like the way they did it. It's not that I don't want them to be together. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm totally fine with her, with the character of Rose going after Finn. I'm okay with the woman pursuing the man, not seeing the woman in a sexual light by a man or being chased by the man. Like I, I it's not about, it, it's not about that mm-hmm. for me. I felt like Rose was a great character. I felt like she was really well, well-rounded. I felt like there was a better way to present her plight and where she came from rather than the casino scene. Because also, it was heavy CGI, and we can tell it's CGI, even though it's impeccable and near, like, as, almost as perfect as you're ever going to get in a film. You can't do better than, than that CGI that they do. Like, you just yeah. really can't. They always set the bar, and they set it really high. And so I felt like that was like, oh, look at all these characters and this CGI. That's very Disney for me. That, feel, that felt like way more Disney than than Lucasfilm mm-hmm. and obviously since it's Disney like it's going to happen like it, that's going to happen right um i just felt like it was a waste and there would have been a better way for Rose and Finn to get caught or them to find you know this master code breaker or whatever and personally just a side note i th- i felt like it would have been a much bigger payoff if they had gone to the casino and they had found Lando. Like, that would have been... I mean, I knew he wasn't in it, but I was like, maybe, 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 maybe. I felt like that would have been a huge... You know, that would have been a huge payoff, and I felt like that would have made some type of of sense. And you could have maybe gotten it moving a little bit faster. And maybe, you know, they could have all gotten caught together, and then the same sort of thing would have happened. But... That scene could have been in the movie still. The casino scene, that planet scene, could have still been in the movie. But maybe instead of it being 30 minutes, it could have been about 15. Mm-hmm. 
So that's, those are my, those are my big problems. And it said, like, one of the things this article said was, uh, when Rose declares her love for Finn, people complained because it wasn't presented the way we have come to expect it. Telegraphed through presenting the female character as the object of male desire. Because she wasn't objectified through Finn's admiring gaze, the relationship has been criticized for lack of sexual tension and a lack of chemistry. If he had been chasing her throughout the film, her declaration of love would have fit neatly into the sexist trope of men winning women. Instead, her declaration of love comes as a surprise, but this, again, is an extremely common trope in filmmaking, when the declaration of love comes from a man. If the son's declaration of love had come from Finn, it would have been viewed completely different and, and positive, positively. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Me neither. I think that they could have shown her pining over him or her adoringly looking at him. It doesn't have to be him, like, sexualifying. That's not a word. Sexifying her. Objectifying. Sexu- sexualizing. Her. Sexualizing. Objectifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I thought that it, it was like they left something out in the beginning. Yeah, and I didn't ever feel like, I, I didn't ever, even when she crashed her pod into him mm-hmm. and said, I saved you, we fight for the things that we love. yeah. Yeah, we do, and and I like that she saved him, but I also, because we never saw, even through her gaze, that she was feeling for him in, in a romantic way, she was feeling for him, you know, in, in, in being in love, not because, you know, I love my friends, I love a lot of people, yeah. but I never felt, I never even got a glimpse of, oh my gosh, she's, she's falling in love with this person, like, that's what was lacking for me. Because I don't need to see it from the man. Mm-hmm. I don't. But I just felt like it. we never even saw it from her until that very moment that she, you know, kisses him and says, I love you, or whatever. I feel like I shouldn't even be qualified to talk about this anymore. <laughs> like, I don't even know what love is anymore. And, like, I, it's so hard for me to distinguish. And maybe that's what it is, too, because I felt that way, you know, I think we've all gone through that before in some way, that we feel like we question what love is or what love might Mm. be because love, I think obviously love is relative and it's different for different people. But in films, especially there's a certain way that love can be presented Mm. even with just, you know, a look or even one, you know, one word or even a hand, you know, a hand grazing against, you know, somebody's body or some, in and not in right. like a grotesque way, mm-hmm. but just like, okay, here's the moment that you see, oh, wait, I, I, I love him. I want, I, I feel for him. Yeah. I just felt like that was, if, if the casino scene is where we were meant to see her really starting to care about him in that way, then there could have been something else. And I wonder if there's going to be another cut or a director's cut. Or the deleted scenes when the DVD comes out that we'll be able to see what else was there. What I really did like that I just remembered is when Benicio Del Toro is trying to take her necklace mm-hmm. and Finn refuses to give it to him. Yeah. And then she gives it up. I did like that. If they'd had more moments like that, or you know what I mean? Like, that was like one moment. Mm-hmm. But I don't, maybe I was 
not paying attention or something, but was she from that planet? That, in the very beginning, her sister was wearing the other half of the Mm -hmm. necklace, and she's the one that was able to kick down the detonator to let all the bombs go. She was that. She was the last... Oh, the planet that yeah. the, that they were on? Yeah. Oh, no, it was just like her planet. It was similar. Yeah, see, that confused me. Like, I think it would have been stronger if, like, that just was her planet. Yeah. It, Why didn't they yeah. just make that her planet? Yeah, she could have been from the casino planet. Yeah. Totally. Totally. You're right. I agree with that. And also, I know that it was setting up for at the very end when you see this little boy wearing the resistance ring and he force pulls, he uses the force to pull that, that broom mm-hmm. to him. I know that they were setting that up, but that could have been her, like, again, that could have been her planet, or that could have even been, you know, I don't think we needed to know that that was a little boy on the casino planet. That could have been a little boy or a little girl anywhere in the galaxy yeah. that is looking up to the stars and, you know, uses the force to pull in that that broom because the audience the type of audience that goes to see star wars doesn't need to be hit over the head with references and just straight on just pull pull for our attention Mm -hmm. you already have our attention give us something more and then somebody said this because like i said i felt like the story was a little bit in the in lacking um the story was good um, I think I was expecting more because this is the middle film in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. And while in the first film, everything is wrapped up into a neat little bow, for the most part, all your big ends are are tied up and yeah. you feel like, okay, now I can move on to the second part of this story. Right. They left you like three concise questions. Right. And I don't feel, answer. I don't feel like this one answered really any of the questions that were left over from from the Force Awakens yeah. into this film, so they have a lot to work toward and a lot to make up for in Episode Nine. Yeah, so that's how I feel story wise. Something I did real, something I didn't think was necessary. I didn't need a shirtless Kylo Ren. That wasn't really necessary. Oh, I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I mean, and that saved the movie for me. <laughs> Yeah, okay, all right. Um, again, but my like opinion. the way they did it was right, dumb. Like, right, Maybe a... And then she's like, oh, oh, no. That is not how you would react, no. bitch. <laughs> no, and that's, maybe that's why I didn't like it, because she was like, oh, oh, closes her eyes. Can you put a shirt on? You know, like. That was just, like, to, for stupid comedic, comic effects. Right, and I did feel like there was a lot of parody comedy in the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like there was a lot of, you know, genuine genuine just moments because there's a difference between pandering for a laugh versus like if a character is walking out of their house in a movie just for example and they kind of walk into the door frame and they're like ow you know like that's something natural we I think we've all walked into our door frame trying to get out our front door Mm -hmm. at least once at some point in our lives versus the character walking straight into the wall and being like, oh, 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 you know, yeah. and that being funny. Then they walked into the wall on purpose for you to laugh. They, them running into the door frame on the way out is something natural that happens that's naturally funny. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that's my kind of comparison for it. Um, something something that I, else that I really liked in the movie was 
the red room. Oh my god, the fight? The fight. The fight was incredible. And I loved seeing them work together in that way. And I like seeing that it's two characters that are fairly close in age working together, use it, you know, but they're both still like almost untrained. Like they're not completely trained. Right. Working together, fighting all these people, fight, you know, fighting the emperor's guards. The thing that I wonder though, and I wish this question would get answered and hopefully it will. So those are the emperor's hand. Those are the emperor's, you know, elite guards. And they're not supposed to do anything until something happens, you know. But they're also supposed to protect whoever's in charge. And I know that they couldn't... They, they're they strong in the force themselves, and they're very elite fighters. But they didn't see what was coming. They didn't see Snoke dying coming, so they didn't do anything. But of course, then they... they attack but i'm just wondering how did snoke get the emperor's guards like did he create his own did he take his own guards and and make them like that or are they a continuation of the line of guards From that the em- that the emperor already had oh right so that's something that yeah. i thought of and that's like a deep that's a deep question that's a su- like that's I a love su- that question <laughs> that's a sub of a sub of a subplot so that's something that might never get answered but that's just something i'm personally yeah. personally curious about um but the fight i loved it <clears throat> and i loved how at the end of the fight you see that it's just these it, it's just these curtains that are are falling down and it's just in and it just looked so cool it was just like it, it was such a stark visual image to have i just i i loved it and speaking of images, I'm like trying to do compliment sandwich, like things that I like and things that I oh, didn't like great. and things that I like. I think everyone is going to appreciate that who's listening. Um, so I also really, um, I, I loved this scene. It was done perfectly when Lord Dern's character turns that ship and smashes right into the middle of one of the first orders ships and it's completely silent i loved it and it's exactly what would happen in space because there's no noise in space like mm-hmm. there's nothing in space that's gonna like make a noise and then i saw after i saw the movie that theaters had to put up signs yeah people are complaining oh, god science people what's science. wrong with people like what is wrong? And it also, it was jarring, but it wasn't yeah. like, but good. It, yeah, it was great. Jarring usually means unsettled. It's good, but it was so good. It was like that because it's like, oh wait, what's happening? Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. So I love. I I I did. I did really love that. Um, something else that I saw that people had a problem with was how Leia uses the Force, and um. They were in in that article that made my brain hurt that had the part about Rose that I read. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember where the article came from, or else I would give reference. But the whole article basically said if you hated the if you hated Rose and you hated the way that Leia used the Force, that you hate women in Star Wars. And why do you hate women in Star Wars? Was this written by a man? It was written by a woman. What? Yeah, and so. 
Okay, first of all, if Disney had kept a lot of the expanded universe and kept the books in the books that came right after uh, Return of the Jedi, um, we would know and people would accept readily, for the most part, I think, um, people who love Star Wars, they would they would really take um, a, a greater understanding that after everything happened with the uh, Empire falling and the Emperor dying and Darth Vader dying, that Leia does use to learn the... She does learn to use the Force, and she becomes very powerful, and she's nearly as powerful as Luke. And um, I... I, and, but because they're not canon anymore, I think a lot of people don't realize that those three books are basically episode seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they're not canon anymore, it doesn't count. But I think you can still take some of that into consideration as to, again, like, I think a lot of people that go see Star Wars don't need to be beat over the head. We already know that Leia is powerful and that she's strong. And I think she's such a good, she's been such a good general and she, she was such a good princess leader because she was strong in the force. And that's how her force powers were kind of manifesting mm-hmm. because she was such a good, you know, she was such a good leader. Yeah. And also how she was so good with a blaster. Exactly. Back in A New Hope. Yeah. I mean, definitely. And, and I think that you can take those clues and move it you know, forward mm-hmm. and, and and use your brain and say, okay, that's why. But a lot of people had problems with her just like using her force powers for that one moment. Well, her using her force powers like that nearly kills her. Right. And then she finally, you know, comes out of it and she's, and she's fine. RIP Carrie Fisher, RIP. Still miss her so much. Side note, I met a lady that was friends with Carrie Fisher and uh, she was in, um, she was in, um, AA with Carrie Fisher, not AA, but substance abuse. Like a 12 step program. Like, yeah, well, like whatever. I don't, I, I'm sorry. I don't know it, but you know, there's Alcoholics Anonymous and then there's, there's substance, Narcotics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was in that as well, well with Carrie at some point, but Carrie would like come and go because as we know, she struggled for a long time on and off with her own personal demons. But this lady said that she met Carrie, they became friends, and Carrie actually let her live with her at her compound. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that she was the most kind and obviously funny um, a woman that she'd ever known and friend that she had ever known. And her story just, I mean, her story just made me cry. I mean, I tear up just thinking about it now because it was such it was such an inspirational story and just like anyway that's that's like just a little special special story and um little feel little feel good story like she wasn't just this untouchable person she you know was real and affected real normal people's lives every day so amazing yeah um so Leia, <laughs> I I loved the way that she was in the movie. I don't really have any complaints about her using the Force, but I feel like before she had that big that big moment of reveal, we could have maybe seen for the general viewer. Yeah, we could have maybe seen 
some sort of force usage in the last Jedi. I mean, in the Force even, Awakens. Yeah, even or in even, the Force Awakens. Even even in the beginning of of the last Jedi, you know, just something so that because I think people were unsettled by that as well. Like, wait a minute, what? She can use the Force now? Well, it's also been thirty years. Well, I mean, you know, I know that you don't want to do, like, pandering to the audience, but it is Star Wars. Can't we have her, like, you know, like, summoning objects, like, lightsabers? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, like, I mean, it's fucking Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't feel like her being able to pull something toward her or use, you know, a force push or pull would would be out of the norm for her. She doesn't have to have a full-on lightsaber fight, but, like... You know? Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. I mean, it would be cool if she could do things like heal people. You know? Because, I mean, like, Darth Vader force chokes. Mm-hmm. But if Leia could do, like, the loving version of a force choke, like a force hug. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're drinking water. No, it's fine. No, I think that's a good... I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Come here. Give me a... Like a... Give me a force hug. Oh, I feel <laughs> I feel the wind wrapping around me. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Um... And then what else? I had taken some notes, but of course, like, I don't find, I don't know where they are now. <laughs> Sounds um, like me. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I. I'm just letting you go because. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. No, if interject I with I can anything. ask you questions. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. I must say, I did like the way I, I did like the way that they kind of brought Yoda into you know into into the film um I felt like there wasn't enough talk about the ancient Jedi and Sith texts I don't like how I I, I don't like how you know he found these books and then they're basically in the tree of knowledge. And then we just see them there and they're never referenced except for mm-hmm. we're going to just bl- we're just going to set these on fire. Like we're not even going to we're not even going to do anything with them. And I mean, I actually have copies of all three of the books. Um, the and, Jedi text. Yeah, the Jedi. Text. Wait, they're over. They here. really exist. They do. Yeah, they're over here. Oh, my God. Somewhere. Wait, where do you. Wh- um, what? Yeah. Where did you get those? Uh, they were a gift. They were good. Are you, are you a Jedi? I am a Jedi. I shouldn't have introduced her as actress comedian. I should have introduced <laughs> her as Jedi Aaron McShane. Well, I have my good and bad qualities, so I would technically be a great Jedi. Oh. Um, because apparently, okay, so from what I had read and what I understood from a long time ago was that if you're a Jedi and you go to the dark side, even for a moment you come back out of being uh being using the dark side or becoming sith you are redeemable but you'll never be a jedi again you'll always be a gray jedi because you have shown that you're not like jedis are just like the most pure of the pure you know they are they are obi-wans like they have to be like a qui-gon or obi-wan and i mean i even like even some of the characteristics of Mace Windu, I felt mm-hmm. were more great Jedi than, mm-hmm. than, than, I, than, you know, Jedi, Jedi. But anyway, yeah. that's another, Judgmental. that's another thing, but you know, Jedi pissed me off. I love Jedi, but they pissed me oh, off Oh, me also. too. You know I mean, how I feel about the council. Oh yeah. They're just hypocrites. Middle school bitches. Yeah, totally. They're the mean girls. Um... You can't sit with us. You, ex- they literally uh. say you can't sit with us. 
Um, yeah, uh, uh, I did like how Yoda was there, and I liked how Yoda was kind of, like, his fun, like, I'm an old senile man self, because in the prequels, Yoda was very, like, I am, I am here, I am teaching, I am staying in the middle and neutral and no emotion on anything, and then, you know, in the original trilogy he was like he 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 i'm crazy but i'm really cool you know like yeah. that so i did kind of like how he was it seems like all jedi when they get old though they go crazy like they, people they, just go crazy when they get old true they like lose their mind a little bit because luke loses his mind a little bit and also here's another thing that i I feel like Ryan Johnson's writing and directing, I think it was fine, but I think there are a lot of, I, I think that his newness to being a director is pretty apparent in this film, um, or being on the newer side of directing larger movies like this is mm-hmm. on, like, it is, uh, it's pretty apparent. Right. Like, he's not a new director, but he's new to directing giant blockbusters. Yeah, don't, yeah. Te- definitely. And he, you know, and he wrote this also. So that, you know, that... Sometimes what you write and then what you film, either it gets translated perfectly or you're like, oh, wait, that didn't work. How can I fix that? Mm-hmm. Um, and if he was the main writer on it and he was directing, his words are going to be taken over a lot of other people's in the fold because he's writing and directing. Right. So he doesn't really have to answer to that many people. I mean, he did, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's a huge film. But anyway... I think that, um, I think that, that all the Jedi, when they get old, go a little crazy. <laughs> they just lose their minds a little bit. Um, I, I think it was difficult for people, like, on the Luke side to see him go from this, what, like, this wide-eyed kid to this, this, you know, Jedi master keeping his calm, fighting Darth Vader and the Emperor and coming to terms with his, you know, father and then seeing him take such a quick, I didn't like the flashback. I didn't, okay. It's like, it reminded me a lot of the prequels in this way, how everything Anakin did was essentially to stop his wife from dying. Mm-hmm. He loved her so much and he was, that was his greatest weakness as well, like trying to keep her from dying. Mm-hmm. Well, in this... Luke is trying to prevent the downfall of his Jedi and his Jedi school. And he sees that, you know, Kylo is strong and dark and he has to stop him. So he just like goes in there. Not literally, of course, Mm -hmm. but he goes in there, lightsaber blazing, and he's going to kill his nephew. Yeah. But then at the last moment, he's like, wait, that's, that's so wrong. That's not Jedi. That's not very Jedi of him. And he had, like, he, he falls and has a moment. Mm -hmm. And, but, but by the time he's like, wait a minute, no, I didn't mean it. Ben has obviously woken up and is like, oh fuck, you're going to kill me. I got to get out of here. Like I got to protect myself. So in that way, if that's the whole reason that Kylo goes completely to the dark side, Mm -hmm. that is dumb. 
Yeah. That's a dumb reason. Because you would know as a Jedi training. First, Luke would have known, I shouldn't do that. I should talk to him first. Mm -hmm. And then once Luke's lightsaber was off, Ben would have been like, wait, wait, what's happening? Like, what's going on? And they could have had a moment. But also, if Snoke had already kind of gotten into his head, however he got into his head, Mm -hmm. with him being trained on this planet far away, how did that happen? How did he even meet Snoke? How How did he he know Snoke? And that's the problem that I had with this movie Mm -hmm. because um, you don't, I mean, there's just a lot of open-ended questions. And I did see someone who has been on this show before, he gave his review, not with you, but somebody else. Um, uh, Darren Mm -hmm. gave his thoughts, and he did make sense, because he was talking about if uh, the original trilogy happened during a time uh, when there was the internet, how people would basically... his review of, his comedic review of Vampire. Right, yeah, I saw that, and I did agree with him, Mm -hmm. um... I did agree with him, but I also think filmmaking has taken a turn in general Mm -hmm. since then. But even though Empire was open-ended, I never, when I first saw Empire, I never thought that, I never thought that it was, that I was lacking something, that I was missing something. Because it's still, even though it, even though it, even though it was a part of a trilogy, it still could have been... A standalone in a lot of ways. Right. And that's why so many people love Empire as their favorite mm-hmm. Star Wars movie. Right. And this one, I don't think it can stand on its own. Yeah. I mean, it. I'm hoping that The Last Jedi, or that, that Episode Nine saves it. But I was also hoping that this would save The Force Awakens from its... I liked The Force Awakens, but from its things that I didn't like, I was like, well, maybe that's okay because maybe that will get resolved. Yeah, and you I know. just feel like a lot of the little things just never got resolved. The things that could have been resolved yeah. didn't didn't really get resolved. I mean, who knows, you know, if we, if you know kids see this like after they've all been released, mm-hmm. you know, if we have kids that are born like in ten, like, you know, 10 years or something and they watch them all like in a row, maybe they'll be totally fine with it. Yeah, you maybe. Know? Like who knows? And I think that watching them all together will change, like, will change your perspective as yeah. well. Like your being the general, your right. Um, because I did watch Force Awakens before I went and watched uh, Last Jedi, and I did like them together. Me too. But then I went home and watched the last, uh, watched Force Awakens again mm-hmm. after Last Jedi, and I was like, wait a minute. It's almost as though these don't go together. Exactly. That's how I feel, too. The tone was even different. Yeah. And, I mean, it was shot in the same kind of way, obviously, because stylistically they have to remain the same to be... to be... you know, Star Wars Mm -hmm. films, but... I don't know. Just, I felt like something story-wise was lacking, and I... and. I mean, I might get crucified for this, but I I couldn't tell you what that was because I don't go into these movies to be critical and I don't go into these movies to overanalyze how I feel about them. I go in them to escape and enjoy. And also, here's the thing, and I've heard a lot of people say this, 
there's a lot of magic that comes with the original trilogy. Even in its own shitty way, the prequels have their own kind of weird mm-hmm. magic about them. Yeah. Um, but so far, the way that this trilogy has been set up, it's lacking some sort of magic. And I'm not trying to recapture my childhood. I'm not trying to recapture the magic of the original trilogy. I'm trying to enjoy this trilogy for what it is. But to me, tonally, that hasn't been set yet. No, it doesn't feel magical at all. It doesn't. It just feels like three movies that are being made to make money. I felt like The Force Awakens was was magical. Like I did way, feel that way. The way I they did. introduced Rey, mm-hmm. that was really cool. You know, um, when they when you first see the Millennium Falcon, there were a lot of moments, you know, that were magical in that. And and in this, I felt like the moments that you you touched on, like the red room, was very, very mat. That felt very mystical, I mm-hmm. guess. But there were so many other moments that it wasn't like they that felt, felt very original trilogy. The red yeah. room felt mm-hmm. very original trilogy to me, and I think that's why I liked it because yeah. we do still need some of that nostalgia that's why revivals of tv shows right now are so popular people want to see that again they want to have that 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 whimsy people are sad and fucked up yeah we need help we need help (laughs) star wars save us (laughs) obi-wan you're our only hope i did really i did really like the the Princess Leia oh, hologram. Said, yeah. It did get me a little misty-eyed, I will say. But I think it's because... It was kind of, yeah. I think it was just because, you know, I miss Carrie Fisher a lot. Um, as yeah. well as just, you know, that being a great way to pull the original trilogy to this set of films. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was... I liked it. I also felt like it was pandering. But I, like, I'm glad it was there. I felt like I wouldn't have minded that they, like, did so many of those nods if they had just, like, I don't know. I just felt like there was, like, too much shit going on. I agree with you. And I also felt like maybe there wasn't enough Ray. Yeah. Um, but I know the first film was about, was really about Ray and where she uh-huh. came from and who she was. Spe- speaking of that, I don't buy that bullshit. That she's no one. <laughs> I just don't. And if it does end up that she is no one, fine. She's no one. But I think that really is a disservice to the story. Mm-hmm. And I know. And here's the thing. A good way to tie these films together has always been the story of the Skywalkers. Yeah. It's always been a story about that family. And... Even in a way, this trilogy is about them somewhat because you have, you know, Luke and Leia and their child. And I don't, you know, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why if Rey was no one, why Obi-Wan would speak to her. His force ghost voice Mm -hmm. would speak to her in The Force Awakens if she was no one. And when Maz says with the lightsaber in The Force Awakens, like when I watched The Force Awakens right before The Last Jedi... I was like, oh, right, she is Luke's daughter because um, Maz said this light, you know, this lightsaber, it called to Anakin, it called to Luke, and now it calls to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, uh, grandfather, dad, like, j- random chick? 
Yeah, like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. I don't necessarily think she's Luke's kid. I think he would have come out and told her that because yeah. because of what he experienced. And I'm not sure that he would just leave her with somebody to abandon her. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to... I wish I, I wish I was smart enough to pick up on why, when she went into the hole, why she only saw herself in the mirror, in the reflection. And maybe that's just because all she has is herself. Mm-hmm. And that's what the dark side was trying to show her. Because I feel like, I feel like that part of the island, the dark side of the island underneath the underbelly, it's because it's the dark side, it tries to it tries to confuse you in thinking that oh god this is all i this is all i have oh no i have to watch out for myself mm-hmm. that's kind of how i took it uh because you know in um in empire you know when luke goes to the cave mm-hmm. and he kills you know he kills vader but it's himself it's like oh that's kind of like that was the closest similarity. Right. And and that ties the two together as mm-hmm. well. But it also is just, I, I'm not sure. Maybe I went in with, I, I tried not to go into the film with too many expectations or any at all. But I feel like it didn't even meet my casual love. Even mm-hmm. though my love goes way deeper than being casual. Yeah. It's, it, it was hard to kind of see that I, I didn't get anything I really wanted out of it Mm -hmm. but also again i don't really know what i wanted yeah i've let the movies kind of lead me in that way but right which is a good you shouldn't be so disappointed if you don't know what you wanted which i'm not saying right no i'm just saying like in general yeah yeah you know because a lot of people's uh that liked it are saying well you guys are being too hard on the movie and it's like well you didn't come into it with any expectations i really did not being i was hoping I was hoping to find out who Ray's parents were. Mm-hmm. That was really the one thing that I wanted. Um, I was hoping for. I was hoping for a reunion between Ben and Leia, um, but and they but they kind of did. They kind of. Oh, had I, I it. did like how he almost killed oh, her and didn't. That was yeah, great. I did like that as well. And I think he thinks she's dead mm-hmm. now. But when we come back to the next episode... Oh, and here's the thing. The next episode is going to have to jump forward in time. Yeah. It's going to... Like, this film picked up right where the... Right where Force Awakens left off. Uh And I like that. But also, I don't think it was necessary. No. For... After seeing what they created... Yeah. It didn't have to be that way. And I... I like the Porgs. Mm-hmm. I like well, the porgs. Well, did you know that the porgs, they were a bunch of puffin on the island. Yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, so they mm-hmm. had to make them. I love, I loved them. Mm-hmm. I loved them. Um, they're super cute. And I, I love the silver foxes. Oh, yeah, the silver foxes. Those are beautiful. The salt foxes or mm-hmm. whatever they are. That was cool, too. There were a lot of things I did, you know, I did like. Um, and then... I don't know how I feel. Maybe you can tell me how you felt about the whole Luke Astral projecting himself onto the island and fighting with. I like that. I did like it. It was a surprise. It actually surprised me. I was thinking maybe that was happening, but I wasn't convinced. Okay. I ha- I, 
because he looked so different uh-huh. than oh, what I'd seen yeah. of him earlier, mm-hmm. I was like, he's not really there. Yeah. And then, and I know it just goes to show how powerful Luke has become throughout his years. Um, and being able to hide for so long on that island without anybody finding him. Like, mm. you know, I like that also. Um, but what I found weird is that he was able to manifest his lightsaber into actually clashing with Kylo's lightsaber. But then when he tried to get him in the body and like he cut him through the, the like he, he went through him. Did he only do that once? Was that the final part of the, of the fight? I think so. I think so. That's when he revealed. Oh, you know what I was, th- I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Because when he's wa- when Luke is walking toward all the all the um, all the uh, first order and they like basically just blow him to smithereens, um, I do like how General Hux is kind of abused. Uh-huh. I do really like because he's such an asshole and yeah. he's such like that little like that that kid in school that always bitched and moaned and complained about. Everything like the mm-hmm. problem kid. I do like how he just gets, just totally abused. I do love that, um, and I hate him so much. I can't wait to see him get his. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, um, I like him as a character. As I do in like, hate, like, yeah. like hate. Yeah. Yeah, I do like him as a character. I think he's one of the most well-rounded mm-hmm. as far as just you know what he's about. You know what he wants. And even though he's not powerful in the force, he's going to get to be in charge mm-hmm. no matter, you know, no matter what. Um, we haven't talked about this character, and I think it goes to show. Let's end on this because we're kind of running out of time. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's totally okay. Uh, Phasma, I think, oh, is just yeah. a waste. See, we didn't even, yeah. like, she didn't even come up. Right. She's such a waste about, you know, she's just a waste. A waste of a character. Gwendolyn Christie is a strong actress, and she is has this really great, imposing figure. And if she has survived, I don't know how, to the next film, then you know maybe we'll get something great out of her then. But they'll probably just do the same thing again. Exactly. They did in the last two movies. So overall, I liked the movie, but those are just my... Those were my problems. Those yeah. were my issues with it, so... Oh my god. Well, I agree. And I'm glad that you did your, like, compliment negative sandwiches. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I didn't dislike it. And and uh, so as we end, like, I would love to pitch what you've got going on. You said you have a show coming up? Yeah, on the 14th at 7pm uh, at the Ice House, Stage 2 in Pasadena. I'm on a show, so come out to that if you're in the LA Pasadena area. And, um... We should follow you on... Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at E underscore McShane. Um, I've been avoiding Twitter because it's like full of hatred. Oh, and it's terrible. I just can't. So I'm on Twitter at the E McShane. Um, you can follow me there if you want, but I, de- I definitely have been avoiding Twitter. Yeah, well, you can follow her. She just won't respond. Yeah, there you go. And you have a movie that you're producing that you wrote. That... Yeah, yeah, I wrote... <sighs> I wrote a movie, and it's in pre-production right now. Um, it's called My Mom is Dead, and um, hopefully it'll be finished by the end of the year, and you'll be able to see it in 2019. Nice. So any updates for those, that movie will probably be on your be on, Twitter it, It'll Instagram. probably be on Instagram, Twitter, yep. So you can 
check in with all of those. And uh, feel free to email me at cmarieleonard at gmail.com with any of your thoughts and ideas um, about this podcast or about Star Wars. Um, and I would love to hear if you guys agree with us or, you know, what you think. Yeah, totally. I would, I would love to. Yeah. yeah. Or hit, or hit Aaron up on Twitter. My Twitter is, uh, C Marie Leonard. You can hit us up both up on Twitter. There you go. Well, thank you so much for thank being you. on this podcast. This is great to hear all of your thoughts. Um, and I think that you articulated them really well because I've gotten to the point where I can't articulate them anymore. That's why I've been hanging on to this because yeah. I just don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. So, well, thank you guys so much for listening, and may the Force be with you.